Well, I'm looking at my uh, pod questions, uh, and uh, there's one here again from Kalavatin. It's all about the hells in Shemad Bhagavatam, which is quite a contrast from the last few days of uh, readings. Uh, it's a shame that some of you, uh, those of you who don't speak Hungarian, uh, can't uh, hear the nice exchanges uh, we've been having on the Hungarian recordings, but last night we had a nice uh, program uh, as well as in the morning we had a class talking about Srila Prabhupada and uh, we also viewed the uh, video of Srila Prabhupada's departure which was very sobering and very difficult to see in one sense and yet, of course, very emotionally surcharged. Uh, it's a beautiful day here today. I'm in Budapest still. Tomorrow sometime I'll go to New Rajadam. Sunday we celebrate uh, Govardhan Puja. Any devotees wishing to come hop on the plane, uh, we're hoping to hit offering uh, 2,000 kilos of sweets to Govardhan Law. So if you do come, bring some sweets with you, bring some ghee with you, bring some things that will uh, please Giriraj. This uh, afternoon I have an interfaith meeting, not really an interfaith meeting, it's a uh, a public uh, debate with a uh, Catholic theologian, and we're really discussing the topic about what happens after death. And it's... It's relevant to what uh, you'll see Kalavati is asking here because, of course, the uh, Catholic's version uh, is that you have a, a shot at this life in order to uh, follow Jesus Christ's teachings and uh, accept Jesus Christ in your heart, which means perfect his teachings. And uh, if you neglect that or don't do that, you go to hell. Uh, if you do do that, you go to heaven. And uh, that sounds awful cruel. I can understand uh, a God who punishes his children, his wayward sons, even quite severely in some of the houses that are described in Srimad Bhagavatam. But then the God described in Bhagavatam keeps giving opportunities uh, to his children to reform themselves. That's the purpose of punishment after all. However, this idea that you have only one opportunity to make your life successful and if for some reason you uh, don't avail yourself of it then you go to hell and forever uh, in a burning lake of fire that seems to be uh, excessively uh, cruel and it seems pointless what is the point of punishment uh, if uh, one cannot be rectified just to eternally punish someone uh, it is really uh, incongruous with any description of a kind lord you can accept a kind lord as someone who will try to rectify someone with some uh, severe punishment but someone who condemns someone forever to suffering Anyway, let's come back to Kalavati's question, but that's 
Uh, that'll be my program in the afternoon. And then uh, tomorrow I'll just uh, move on to New Bridgetown and Radi Shah and Govardhan Lal. Kalavati says, The Srimad Bhagavatam describes the many hells that exist which deal with different sinful activities. I have heard that everyone goes to hell. Well, I don't know everyone goes to hell. Uh, those people who go to hell uh, for whom those different uh, 20 plus or almost 30 types of hells are designed for when people commit sinful activities uh, and uh, they do neither atone for those sinful activities uh, or nor take shelter of the Supreme Lord uh, to be freed from the reactions, then sinful people receive punishment for their sinful acts just as People are punished in the uh, world for committing sins, breaking the laws of man, for breaking the laws of God. Uh, the same thing can be said. Now she says it's a way of preaching and some faith to instill fear in God and hell so they lead a more disciplined lives. Yes, it's one way of uh, preaching, although instilling fear is not highly regarded as a form of education or even as a form of preaching. Uh, it's for people who don't know anything else. Uh, it's more or less the last resort. Uh, just like parents know that punishing a child is really a last resort, and it's a bad resort. If you have to hit a child, if you have to punish them, then that may even be counterproductive. Similarly, if you have to threaten uh, people uh, with eternal damnation, uh, then you may be losing the people that you're preaching to, not practically disciplining them. And we see that at the intelligent people of the world today when uh, they hear this type of uh, philosophy of preaching, they get turned off to religion uh, altogether. It doesn't discipline them. It just makes them think that, well, if this is what religion is about, I don't want to have anything to do with it. Then I'm just abbreviating because this is a long... Uh, Long question. Then she says, well, what about those people who are relatively good, uh, who don't drink, smoke, eat meat? Uh, the answer is that, uh, in, in short, if they're not performing sinful activities, uh, then they gradually become elevated. They don't go back to Godhead. Just not being sinful is not a qualification for going to uh, Godhead, or at least doesn't make you qualified to enter into the spiritual world. Not being sinful is a qualification for practicing spiritual life. So, people who may be pious in the sense that they do not commit any sinful activity, and yet who don't practice any form of religion, are still negligent. And if I remember right, Shukadeva Goswami says, there's one hell for those people who neglect religious practices. So that's also an important consideration. Uh, not being sinful uh, is the basis for uh, real spiritual practice. And then those who engage in authorized spiritual practices gradually uh, become elevated. And elevated means that their destination after this life is not hell, but they may get some kind of temporary rewards and they and they continue to be uh, elevated. Although, of course, in Kali Yuga, 
And in any time, they always risk the chance of becoming distracted once again. That's the uh, drawback of this slow step-by-step process of going from uh, sub-religious principles to religious principles to transcendental religion or mixed devotional service through to pure devotional service. Anyway, therefore, Kalavati's question, why does everyone go to hell? Everyone does not go to hell. That's a misunderstanding. Sinful people go to hell. And people who deny God's existence go to hell. Kaivalyana Rakayati. And do Iskand devotees also go there? It depends which Iskand devotees are talking about. If Iskand devotees commit sins, then they also are punished. Why not? Just like any so-called religious person who commits sinful activity, he has to punish for that. But if they atone for their sinful life, or if, like a Jamil, they're fortunate enough to offenselessly chant the holy name or to engage in pure devotion, then they become free from the results of those sins, and they don't have to go to hell because they've been purified. But anything short of that, you have to get the results of your activities. And she says, do devotees who still have anartas to purify go to hell? No, devotees, anartha is not a sinful activity. When you act on your anarthas, that's a sinful activity. Uh, and even if someone may accidentally fall down, but if he repents his activities, sincerely takes shelter of Krishna, still he doesn't go to hell because kontiya pratijani hinami bhakti because devotees don't perish. So, uh, there, there, there seems to be some misunderstanding or lack of understanding here. And uh, we should be very clear that there's a real difference between anartas and sins. Uh, sinful act- sins is an activity that you perform. It's impelled by submitting to an anartha. But the presence of anarthas themselves do not constitute sins. In fact, even though someone has anarthas, yet if his behavior is sinless, and that person is considered to be pure. And then, of course, the classical question that if Krishna is loving, compassionate, and forgiving, then why do some hells appear so cruel? Uh, Krishna is simply uh, reciprocating with the level of sin performed by the individual. Uh, nowadays, sometimes you may read in the newspaper that, I don't know, some uh, vandal broke into someone's house, uh, uh, killed uh, half the family members, and uh, uh, stole all of their possessions, and on the way out he uh, tripped on a wire, broke his wrist, and ends up suing the family uh, for carelessly leaving a rake on the front lawn and is let off um, after five years is let out of jail having committed murder and then uh, the remaining family members as well as the public at large they're up in arms that the uh, punishment uh, in no way is commensurate with the crime and they don't feel vindicated which is one point and the other point is that people rightly argue that if the punishment for very serious crimes is very minor, then it will simply encourage people to commit those uh, very grievous 
and he and his crimes. So the punishment in the hellish uh, planets is also there as a deterrent. People know that they will get very serious punishment uh, for the very serious crimes uh, that they commit. And then, of course, ultimately we have to see that the punishment and torture in hell is as much a experience as the punishment and torture that we experience here in this world. Uh, the soul doesn't suffer, but due to identity in the hellish planets with a subtle body, uh, on this world with the gross body, appears uh, to uh, suffer. And while the suffering in those planets is, by our relative calculation, seems to be very terrible, but actually what we consider to be enjoyment here on this planet is hell by comparison to what's going on in the spiritual world. And once again, he says that even the liberation is hell for a transcendentalist. So, which hell appears cruel? It's just a matter of appearances, or it's our own relative calculation of what we think is good and bad. We may think that liberation is good, but someone thinks that it's hell. We may think that uh, this nice fall weather is very pleasant, but it's actually hell. And what we're reading in Srimad Bhagavatam, ooh, that's a very bad hell. So good hell, bad hell, but it's all hell from Brahmajoyati on down. Why? Because we're separated from Krishna. And the relative degrees of suffering are seen as greatly unfortunate um, by the inhabitants of Goloka Bindavan. And for that reason, they descend in order to save us from hell. Uh, the hell down there, the hell on this planet, the hell of liberation. So let's get the hell out of here and let's go back home, back to God. Hare Krishna.